Hello everyone, Mark here with a teaser of what's happening over on Patreon. Every month a new bonus episode is released on Patreon for members to show my appreciation of the support they are extending to the show. These bonus episodes have allowed me to head back through the series episodes where I take topics that were covered briefly and then explore them in a little more detail. These bonus episodes haven't taken anything away from my initial vision of the series, but have allowed me to supplement it with topics in isolation. This teaser is designed to give you an idea of the topics we cover and if these bonus episodes would be of interest to yourself. The teaser for the latest release will remain on the normal feed for a month and then replace with the teaser of the next bonus episode to come out. If you are interested in supporting the series, please consider heading over to the Casting Through Ancient Greece Patreon page, where you can get access to these bonus episodes plus other benefits. Hello everyone and welcome back to another bonus episode, where this time we'll be turning to Athens to explore the reforms taking place there. We had begun looking at historical developments taking place in both Athens and Sparta, with two figures that are discussed in the historical record, though due to writing only developing or not being widespread when they are active, a good deal of tradition shrouds them both. These were of course Lycurgus of Sparta and Solon of Athens. They would be credited with a great number of reforms that would lead to the classical age of both polis. So far, we looked at two institutions that would be credited to Lycurgus, this being the Agoge and the Helots, or at least he would be credited with the path that would see this slave class develop. The Agoge would be the education system that would develop in Sparta after their experiences within their territories and with neighbouring regions, while the Helot class of slaves had developed as a result of Sparta's territorial designs and the experience of dealing with conquered peoples. We have yet to look at Athens' reforms and institutions in isolation. However, that is the topic of this episode. I'll be focusing on the figure of Clisisthenes, who would gain power in Athens towards the end of the 6th century BC. He would be responsible for implementing a number of reforms that have been seen to have helped pave the way for full democracy to develop as the classical age began. We had covered Clisisthenes in a little detail back in our early episodes around Athens, though for this episode I want to focus with more detail on the new system of tribes and deems that he would set up. This would go a long way into seeing a wider spread system representing more people across Attica, while also seeing political opportunities open for far more people. It would also see it much harder for factions to control votes and stack political positions with their own members. I wanted to focus on this aspect, as it is quite complex and difficult to understand how it works. So hopefully this episode will make it a bit clearer, while hopefully it would become even clearer to myself as I research it a little deeper. Having said that, we will also give this reform some context and we will first begin by looking at Clisisthenes and the times he was active in. Athens during most of the Archaic period had had an oligarchic system in place. This saw the aristocratic class known as the Eupatridae in control over running of the polis and its people. For the most part, the vast majority of people within Athenian territory had very little to no political say. However, this situation as time passed saw the gap between the Eupatridae and the people become greater and greater. We had covered previously the issue around the Athenians being reduced to slavery as they could not pay their debts. This also saw much of the land in and around Athens ending up in the hands of the Eupatridae as they were the ones giving out these loans. When a borrower defaulted, they or their family members would become indebted to the creditor and usually their land would also be handed over. This was one of the many issues in the class struggle that eventually saw civil strife break out with the indications of the sources that violence would also erupt on a number of occasions. 
This situation in society would lead to the political figure of the tyrant developing. For the most part, the tyrants would come from the aristocratic class, but would recognise an opportunity to harness popular support to take power in their own right. In the beginning, this is what the tyrant meant, someone who gained power through irregular means. Athens would have its first experience of a tyrant with the failed plot of Chilon in 632 BC. It wouldn't be until the 550s where Athens would first see a tyrant take power, with the rise of Pisistratus, though it wouldn't be until the 540s until he would be able to maintain his hold on power. It appears Pisistratus, for the most part, had been a popular ruler, though upon his death his son Hippias would inherit the tyranny and would, after some time in power, become more in line with how we view the word tyrant today. Society was now degenerating into a situation far from ideal for both sides of the social and political divide. Throughout the 6th century, reforms had been enacted to try and curtail this growing threat of the tyrant, this being a threat from the point of view from the Eupatridae. Though these would not go far enough, and the crisis of power would continue through to the end of the 6th century. In the end, the Alcmionidae, a noble family who were part of the Eupatridae and had been exiled from Athens, would conspire to get the Spartans involved in matters, and through a military operation would see Hippias' rule come to an end. This would see politics in Athens change and a new era develop. With tyranny removed from Athens, the aristocratic class within Athens would look back to trying to take hold on power. This would see the various factions within the Eupatridae in competition with each other as they attempted to put in place their version of government. Unlike with previous generations, they would need to keep in mind the people, as ignoring their needs and grievances would lead to the same troubles developing again. These different factions would lean in different directions politically, seeing different social groups favoured. This would see two political leaders emerge at the head of their respective factions that would be the major players for this period of Athenian history. These would be Asagoras and Clisisthenes. Asagoras is described as being a friend of the tyrants, and Clisisthenes was a member of the Alcmionidide family, who were instrumental in removing Hippias from power. Early on, Clisisthenes was getting the worst of the political fighting, and Asagoras was elected archon in 508 BC. Clisisthenes is said to have made it known to the people that he would extend power to the masses. This in turn started to see Isagoras's popularity wane, which led him to take measures to improve his position. These measures involved calling on Cleomenes, one of the kings of Sparta, who would intervene militarily to expel Clisisthenes from Athens and help install Isagoras. However, this act would enrage the people of Athens, who would besiege the Spartans, along with Isagoras and his supporters on the Acropolis. After three days, though, they were forced to surrender and flee the city, with Isagoras and his supporters being banished. This episode would also see the distrust and suspicion grow between Sparta and Athens. At this stage, Clisisthenes and others within his faction had gone into exile, but now, with Isagoras gone, he and many others were recalled to Athens. Very soon after arriving back, Clisisthenes would assume leadership of Athens and begin putting in place his reforms. Well, I hope you enjoyed that taste of what's happening over on Patreon. If you would like to support the series, please consider heading over to Patreon, where you can gain access to the full version of this episode, plus many more. Alternatively, you can head to the Casting Through Ancient Greece website and click on the Support the Series button, where you can discover many ways to extend your support to the show. Thank you everyone for listening to the series, and I hope you continue to enjoy what is to come in the future.